That's what we can do better for Jesus. We serve a living God. Uh, are you glad to be in the house of God? Then act like you know that you are in the house of the Most High God. Let there be an outpouring presence. Know that you are in the house of the Lord. In his house there is life. In his house there is safety. Come on, let there be a shout in heaven. Let there be a shout in heaven. I'm not hearing you. Today is a day the Lord has given to us. And it's called the harvest service. When God gave us this mission and this vision, many of the times we prefer to experience something when it comes into its flourishing before we can call it a harvest. But those who walk by faith don't need to see it in its very flourishing. All they have to do is to believe what he has said. He didn't say amen to that, to Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are here in the mix of your people. We thank you that you are the Lord and you are the God of the living. What you declare forth is what stands. As your word comes forth, O oh God, we pray that may your spirit, O oh God, mold our hearts, prepare our hearts, O oh God, Father, as a living place of your dwelling, that your word will take move in our hearts, O oh God, that it shall yield forth an increase of abundance, an abundance of your fruitfulness, that we shall indeed say, the Lord is here with us. Oh God, let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. I say, let the weak say, I am strong. In the words of God, there is power in the name of Jesus. Every sing it slowly with me. I say in the word of God. In the word of God. There is power in the name of Jesus. In the word of God, in the, the word of God, there is with me.
John chapter 2, as you start, as I read this, verses 1 to 12, the word of the Lord says, on the third day, a wedding took place in Cana of Galilee. John 2, verses 1 going, Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus, his disciples were invited to the wedding as well. When the wine ran out, Jesus' mother told him, they don't have any wine. Say they don't have any wine. And Jesus said in verses 4, what does that have to do with me? Or you, woman? Jesus asks, my hour has not yet come. Verses 5, do whatever she tells you. Say do. Do. I'm not here in the church here. I wish I had another church that can understand what I'm talking about. Say do. Do. Whatever. Whatever. Do. Whatever. He tells you. He tells you. His mother told her servant. Now six stone water jars had been set there for Jewish purification. Each contained 20 or 30 gallons. Fill the jars with water. Jesus told them. So they filled them to the brim. Then he said to them, Now draw some out. And take to the head waiter. And they said, and they did, sorry. When the head waiter tasted the water, after it had become what? Wine. He did not know where it came from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew, he called the groom and he told him, Everybody set out the fine. Why first? Everybody. Set out the fine wine first. Then after people are drunk, the inferior. But you have kept the fine wine until now. Jesus did this. The first of his signs in Canaan of Galilee. He revealed his glory. And his disciples, what? Believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum, together with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. And they stayed there for a few days. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. Please have your seat. The sacrifice of worship. 
Say the sacrifice of worship. When we speak of the word sacrifice, or when you hear the word sacrifice, it is purely when there is an act of something being born or something being surrendered. Something has been surrendered to be given as an honor to something higher. Amen? So it means that when we speak of sacrifice, there is the demand to surrender. You can't sacrifice what has not been able to give away its rights. You get it? When an animal is being sacrificed, the animal does not have the luxury to go about to do their own thing. They got to be tied down. And now, the owner now has control over this animal. For the preparation of what? Sacrifice. So we read in the scriptures of Genesis chapter 22, if, the script, if we can go there quickly. Genesis 22 verses 1 and 2. I read. It says that after these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am. He answered, take your son. He said, your only son Isaac, whom you love, go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burn on one of the mountains, I will tell you. Abraham has been given a commission, a command, to go and sacrifice his only begotten son, his only loved son, Isaac. Are you hearing me, church? God did not ask for anybody but the best of Abraham. Apart from sacrifice demanding, surrendering, it also demands the best. You don't sacrifice anything, but you sacrifice what is due to the one that you want to honor. Are you following me here? I'm getting somewhere with you so I can get back to John with you. The sacrifice of worship. What am I saying here? Because when we are also dealing with the word worship, we are dealing with not just an animal being given as a sacrifice, but worship is life. He says that a true worship shall worship me in spirit and in truth, mean that life has to exist for there to be worship. What is dead cannot worship. Only what has life can worship. So worship is about the life that acknowledges God for his indisputable or unchanging existence. Worship. Is the life that acknowledges God 
his indisputable existence. The existence of God that no one can share with. I wish I had a church that can understand where I'm coming from. So then when we are speaking about the sacrifice of worship, hear me, there is only one thing that can be worshipped, or one person that can be worshipped, and that is God. Say that is the bottom line. Luke chapter 4, verses 8, the Bible says, And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only, say him only, you shall serve. I would like to change the word serve, because I think serve brings us into the place where we can understand what worship is about. The worship is not about just coming to just lift up your hands, they're all good, but worship is also the lifestyle. So him only, you shall worship. The translation does us a little injustice. By him only, you shall what? Worship. What am I saying here? What I want to teach today by the grace and the mercy of God, the sacrifice of worship, it's purely upon the fact that a person that have made God their primary focus to totally surrender to him. You didn't get me. The sacrifice of worship is the person that has made God their primary focus to totally surrender to him. What am I teaching here? The person who have made God their primary focus. Right? If worship is about demonstrating that God exists and his existence is beyond any existence, then it makes sense why when we go back to the theme of the year, we said the year is the year of true the year of what? Worship. True worship. Genesis 22, verses 5. Please go very quickly. As I realize I don't have that much time, but I have to really make sure that this word is spoken. The Bible says that Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there. To what? Can I get a check? To what? I can't hear you. To what? Abraham said they are going to what? But verse 1 and verse 2, God said, go and sacrifice your son, your only love son, Isaac. But when Abraham came to verses 5, he said, me and the boy are going to what? And he did not finish there. He said that we will what? But isn't Abraham going with the intention to sacrifice Isaac? But because the sacrifice of worship is the person that has made God their primary focus. And the focus is not about what God can do for them, but who God is. So in Hebrews 11, the Bible says that Abraham had faith and he knew that God was able to give him back Isaac, to resurrect back Isaac, 
So the life of a sacrificed worshiper is one that knows nothing but God. It's my primary focus. I wish I had a church here that knew that. The sacrifice of worship. Tell your neighbor, the sacrifice of worship. What, what am I saying here? Go back to John chapter 2. The Bible says that Jesus Christ and his disciples have been invited to a wedding. Say invited guests. Uh-huh. Make sure you say it well. You see, this is your church. So when you come here, it's your home. Every blessing in this house is yours. But the one who just entered and doesn't know is an invited guest. His rights are limited. You didn't get me here. But they were invited to a wedding. And the Bible says that in the midst of the celebration, the wine was finished. Now, I want you to understand where this wine is coming from. Because verses 7 and 8 going tells us that the head with 7 said, many of them served their fine wine first. And then they, 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 let, they, they serve their inferior wine last. I'm not talking about you going to drink anything. I'm, talking, I'm just teaching the word to you. Don't get your mind all messed up again. Holy Ghost, help us. Because, you know, if you don't, my nephew, if you don't, some people, they will take this word and run with a different set of wine. So it means that the wine that has been dried out was the best that the groom the wine that was dried out was the best that the groom could offer. My God. I want you to take your second point here, apart from the, 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 the third point. The two points that I made mention already, sacrifice and worship. Your third point here is when the best is no more. When the best is no more, what do you do? When the best you have is no more, what do you do? And the Bible tells us that Jesus Christ's mother went to Jesus and said, the wine is finished. You are an invited guest. How does this, this matter to you? It has no concern to do with your life. But some way, somehow, the mother had a different understanding. You see, some of us, we have become Christians, all right, but we are consistently working with God as an invited guest. Are you hearing me? Because sometimes we only want to deal with the issues in the church that concerns us. If somebody is sick and I don't know the person, 
I don't need to be praying for that person. I only give because I feel like now I can give. Not because of what God has called the church to accomplish. Am I speaking the truth here? Because you've got to know the truth. It is the truth that shall set us free. We have been working as invited guests. But the woman had a different understanding. She went to Jesus to complain to Jesus. Their wine is finished. Hallelujah. Said their wine is finished. When your best is no more. Many of us, we have our own little best. But I came to announce to you that there may be a time that that best that you have may be no more. And your best may be, may be, may be, may be the money that you have. Your best may be your position at work. Your best may be all sorts of things. You have held on to that. But this time around, it was finished. But Mary said, it is finished. And Jesus said, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And you, will, you would think that Mary would say, okay, son, or son of God, because Mary knows who Jesus is. Ah, I wish I had another church. Mary knows who Jesus is. Because Mary knows how he came. Because she was a virgin. But somewhere, somehow, something started to happen in her womb. So she knows who Jesus is. <laughs> so I don't know if you are getting where I'm coming from. So when your best runs out, what do you have? What do you have on your side? Jesus, Jesus Christ. So Mary said, do whatever he tells you to do. He could have, she could have said, okay, God, or okay, son, I hear you. But it looks like Mary still kept moving on. It means that there was something about Mary Everybody else in that very um, wedding did not have or did not get. And is that Mary was a worshiper. I said the worshiper is the one that knows God, that he acknowledged God and made God a primary because he exists. So Mary said, do whatever he tells you what. You see, what I'm trying to, by God's grace, try to get us there is that the church of God has to be full of worshippers. Say, I need to be a worshipper. You see, the worshipper is the one who makes every issue a solution for Jesus. Write it down. A worshiper is the one who makes every issue a solution for Jesus. Did I say that again? 
I'll take you to a scripture very soon, which I'm, I'm going to expand briefly. We are not going to read it. First Samuel chapter 17. We come to experience a man called David. David. Say David. The Bible says he's a man after God's own what? David was a worshiper. And you realize, so we go through chapter 17, and I want you to go home and read it. But then when you realize that the people of Israel were in battle with the Philistines, and the Bible says that Goliath, who was part of the Philistines, was so huge that when the people of Israel saw him, they started to become afraid. And all the military men were afraid. But we, were, we are speaking about the Israelites. So these are people that know their God. But when they saw Goliath, fear entered. Sometimes you may be a Christian, all right. But sometimes the things that you may go through can cause you to be afraid. But when the true worshiper entered the scene, when David entered the scene, I said, when David entered the scene, verses 26, he says, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? The worshiper was an Israelite, but an Israelite, because he was a worshiper saw everything about this world little before God. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? David saw something that nobody else in the camp saw. Are you hearing me? And the Bible says, his brothers started to shut him up. And he said, no, 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 no. Saul heard of him speaking. And he said, bring him. You see, David could have mind his business. Just like Mary. She could have mind her business. But they wanted to seize every opportunity for God to glorify himself. The worshiper seizes every opportunity for God to glorify himself. Amen. Have you allowed God to seize your opportunity? For him to glorify himself through your life. No matter how difficult it may be. Can you believe and trust in God? That he can use that situation to glorify himself. Are you hearing me? And the Bible says. David went and faced Goliath with one stone and Goliath was gone. The true worshiper. The worshiper makes every issue Jesus' solution. I didn't say Jesus' problem. I said Jesus what? He has no problem. Or he has a solution. The worshiper Makes every situation Jesus' what? Solution. Yeah. 
So Mary told the people, do whatever. Not some things. Not anything. But whatever he tells you to do, do it. I'm going to skip some few things. And I'll make mention of some things so you can write notes. This worshiper, they have two things I want to, three things I want to speak here as time is coming for. One, they act in the obedience that works in faith. They act in the obedience that work. Obedience what? Work in faith. That every step that they take, they are working it out of the obedience of what God has said. And even though they may not see it, they are still working. <laughs> Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11, verses 8 to 12. When you get a chance, read it. The second thing of this worshiper, or what we are praying to obtain by God's grace, that they master their trust in God. Say they master their trust in God. I think this is the denominator that differentiates this worshiper from every other person. Because most people may have faith. But this place, they master their trust in God. Go to Psalm 71, verses 5 to 8. Are you there? Oh, you didn't say amen to Jesus. I read. David says, for you are my hope, Lord God, my confidence from where? My youth. I have leaned on you from where? I didn't hear you, church. From where? From where? Huh. From birth, you took me from my mother's womb. My praise is always about who? About who? I have become an ominous... I'm only a sign to many, but you are my strong refuge. My mouth is full of what? Praise and honor to all, all day what? Long. He said that since I came out of my mother's womb, I have leaned on you. So he has been building on trusting in God day after day, year after year. Since you came to know Jesus, have you been leaning on this trust? Have you been building up on your trust in him? It is not just today that I trust in the Lord. He says all the days he will not cease to give him praise and honor. Trust is not dependent on what you have, but who you have. Say trust is not dependent on what you, who, what you have, but who you have. Hey, this is so serious. A lot of us, we trust God only because we know that, well, he can do it because at least I have a second job. Maybe I'm not preaching to another, I need to preach to a different church. 
we think that the reason why we are okay is not because we are trusting in God, but because we got other connections. You know what I mean? It's all right. Hear me preach this word. Because we got plan B, plan C. I'm not saying they are wrong. But they lean on their plans. The Bible said many other plans of a man, but it is the Lord that brings it. But David is saying, I've been leaning on this. So the Bible says in Psalm 125, verses 1, it says, Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be what? Moved, but abides what? Forever. Not just sometimes, my brother, when you go through things that you say you can't handle, not just when it becomes so difficult, but forever I abide in him. Because I put my trust in him. Trust. A lot of us, that's one of the places we are struggling with in our Christian walk. Can you trust him enough? Can you trust him? When the best is gone, can you still trust him? Two, mastering your trust in God is refusing yourself to gain. It's refusing yourself so that you will gain him. Correct. Mastering your, mastering your trust in God is refusing yourself so that you will gain who? Him. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 to 6. Quickly, work with me. Work with me for the sake of time. Trust in the Lord with all your what? Do not lean on your own what? Think about him in all your ways. And he will guide you on the path. Trust in the Lord with all your what? And do not lean, rely on your own what? Understanding. It means that when you lean on your own understanding, that it becomes about you. But to build on your trust, you got to make it about him. And you are willing to refuse your way. This is how we used to do it. This is what I, the way we did it. And because we did it this way, we have to do it the same way. But the wine, the wine, it dried up. The same formula that everybody has used in their marriage, ceremony, was used. But the wine dried up. But Jesus showed up. Another point. It takes the death of your trust in God to determine the height of your victory. Psalm 37 verses 5. Commit your ways to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. Say act. When you trust in God, he moves. So when Mary said, do whatever he tells you to do, Jesus, being powerful, could have refused. <laughs> you didn't get me here. Jesus could have refused to act. But when he 
I believe he realized how much Mary had put trust in him. So by virtue of that, he needed to act. So he acted. Third point, and I'm ending. Those who are the worshippers are devoted in what God is committed to. They are devoted to what? What God is committed to. Haggai chapter 1. When you go home, read it. Verses 3 to 6. The Bible says that God told the people of Israel, You have abandoned my house. And you have gone about to build your own houses. But you have abandoned my house. You see, the worshippers, the worshippers, they are devoted to what God is committed to. How much are you devoted to what God has called you to be? But if you go on in chapter 2, verses 6 to 3, 6 to 9, the Bible says, my time is fast gone. We'll continue one day. For the Lord of hosts says this, once more, in a little while, I am going to shake the heavens and the earth and the sea and the dry land. I will shake all the nations so that the treasures of all the nations will come and I will fill this house with what? Glory. Said the Lord of hosts, the silver and the gold belongs to me, declares the Lord of hosts. The final glory of this house will be greater than the first. I will provide peace in this place. The declaration of the Lord of hosts. God said he will provide peace. I said he will provide peace in this place. When the people let go of what was a matter to them and they start to become devoted to what God was committed to. The Bible said, God said, one more time, I will shake the heavens. I wish I had some people in this house that would join me in my faith. And ask God to shake the heavens. That got to be a shake. Rise on your feet. Say, that got to be a shake. Say, that got to be a shake. Come on, let me lift up your voice of prayer. The got to be a shake. Zone Malabasia. The got to be a shake. Let there be a shake in heaven. Father, reign upon us. Build our trust in you, O God. Build our trust in you, O God. Build our trust in you, O God. Father, build our trust. Build our trust. In your word, oh God, that we shall do everything, everything you tell us to do, oh God. Oh, Jesus. Hear me. We are praying on three key topics. I should have asked you to. We know that we are doing our offering today, our harvest offering today. And if you have it, great. Have it next to you. Because we are going to do that for our last prayer.